the Warriors All 82 podcast is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Warriors ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. The app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. The Warriors got a four-game homestand coming up, so this is a good time to download it. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Warriors All-82 Podcast. Third straight blowout edition, but uh, flipped the other way. Shockingly, the Warriors came in here uh, to New Orleans as underdogs, even though New Orleans is missing some of their uh, biggest pieces. Drew Holiday sits, Derek Favorite sits, obviously Zion's out. Um, Will Guillory, New Orleans uh, athletic Pelicans writer. This has not been a good start to the season for the Pelicans tonight. Uh, they really helped the Warriors out. The Warriors needed this. Yeah, it was pretty ugly. Like you said, I don't think anybody expected this result to look the way it did. I mean, the final score made it look a little bit better. But anybody that was in the building knew this thing was a blowout pretty much from the second quarter on. It was ugly, and I think for this Pels team, it's just more disappointment considering the injuries are starting to pile up now. The losses are piling up, and I, I think they're just struggling to find footing at this point. Yeah, the favors uh, deactivation, which you would assume would be kind of, and really is in this sense, like the third most important of those holidays, the best players. Zion's obviously the future. Um, but the favors one was big for the Warriors because they don't have a center right now. You know, they obviously, Willie Colley Stein probably coming back later this week. Who knows with Kevon Looney and what he's dealing with. Um, so it allowed Steve Kerr to go hyper small in the starting lineup, which actually kind of shocked me, but it ended up being a good decision. Three guards, you know, three, six, five, and under guards, Steph Curry, D'Angelo Russell, uh, Jordan Poole, and then two smaller forward. I mean, Glenn Robinson is the biggest guy on the team. Draymond Green's playing center, obviously. That's historically worked, but with this lineup, I was kind of curious if it was going to work, and Jordan Poole hits three threes right away. You could see the spacing kind of jolt that they suddenly had, Uh, and I thought the Warriors looked pretty good. Yeah, I guess can we call this the new version of the death lineup with Jordan Poole and uh, Glenn Robinson? The prick line, like, you (laughs) No, it's like... Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, definitely not death, but yeah. it helped it's, better it's, uh, better than their own death because it had been their own death. Right, the last it, it was really ugly, and I think uh, just it was just really surprising because, like you said, I think the, the the size for this Warriors team has been an issue, and and you thought even without Derek Favors, maybe Jaleel Okafor will come in and give the Pelicans a little something. Uh, Nicolo Melli, who I think has been a bright spot off of the bench, he really didn't give him much of anything tonight. We saw the rookie Jackson Hayes for the first time this year put Man, up some he big could numbers. Dunk. He can dunk it. He can block it. Uh, it's still a work in progress as far as defense and getting in the right spot and yeah. not following everybody he touches. Uh, I think that was a positive sign, but just overall, just a, a really just a, a, just a, a no show for the big guys tonight. And I, I, I didn't even look at the final numbers for rebound. It would end up being a 20, 20 rebound difference for the Warriors. Yeah. The super small Warriors out rebounded this team by twenty. So that tells you all you need to know about the effort uh, from this Pelicans team tonight and the, the big guys just were non-existent. Yeah, and you know. I think Draymond had a lot to do with that because Draymond the first two games um, was kind of floating around, you know, almost in 
a state of depression on what his roster suddenly looks like. You know, I mean, the Clippers game, he got hurt in the first couple minutes, went out, came back in. Again, like I said, kind of floated around. I thought he was really bad in Oklahoma City. Not only just he didn't have the energy, but he, I don't want to say sulking, but like he just seemed to have no interest in trying to drag his young team into a competitive state. Uh, He seemed to be part of the defensive problem instead of like maybe the one guy trying to like fight it off. But tonight you could tell right away, you know that fake dribble handoff he had on the first play right to the rim. When he did that, I was like, you know, you could tell, all right, this is a different Draymond. He is here to try to and he said it post game he thought you can lead young players two ways you can lead them into a bad place hey they see the leaders kind of not caring I'm not going to care tonight he did it the other way he seemed to bring the energy and when he brings it everyone starts bringing it yeah we've said it over and over again throughout the years with this team Uh, when their backs against the wall you look to Draymond and that's the guy that usually rises everybody up with his energy with his emotion and I I think he did it again tonight ended up with another triple double I mean 17 rebounds 16 points and I think that was a big thing for him tonight he was really looking for his shot those little dribble handoff plays he was being aggressive trying to get to the rim and I think that opened up everything else for D'Lo and Steph to kind of do what we typically thought they would be doing in this offense and I think they looked really good on offense I thought the Pels struggled a lot on the defensive end but I think obviously this is the best we've seen this Warriors team look on offense and as far as the defensive end for the Pels it's just a it's just a man it's a struggle I think you got so many young guys so many new faces uh, they're struggling to really figure things out obviously Losing Zion Williamson, Andrew Holiday, and Derek Favors. Argue you can maybe that's argue that's the three best defensive players on this team, and they're all gone. So I think you know it's going to be a work in progress for this group. I think it's disappointing to kind of play the way they have on in this in their home arena. You know, two losses to the, the Mavs and the, the Warriors. I think that was something they really hoped could be a difference this year. They can play better in front of these Smoothie King Center fans. But with this Warriors team, and once again, when you think they're down, they they, they rise up. It's just just with the same movie we see with this team over and over again yeah I mean it's funny because Draymond is kind of you know like again this 24 hour news cycle where today it was like you know people were it, it seemed like a funeral everywhere you looked on the Warriors today and then you know they have this nice win and um, it's, somebody asked Draymond post game like you know well you said you suck last night you guys don't suck anymore and he was like no we're bad we're, we're still pretty bad but but then he you know he kind of went on this diatribe about you know he saw all the former players out there I know Richard Jefferson tweeted something about like that's not how you lead Draymond because you know he's basically saying hey our young guys suck yesterday um but he went off on you know saying all these former players that ain't never led shit in their lives <laughs> saying this stuff so anyway i'll probably play his interview again like i did last uh night i'll probably play it at the end of the podcast because he's been very entertaining early in the season um but yeah i think you saw what this warriors team wants to be tonight again bad struggling pelicans team without their best players this isn't some you know huge springboard win but this is the type of team i thought they could be a high energy offensive team that got enough stop to, to get them out in transition kind of like what we saw when they played the t wolves in the preseason they, they won like 140 123 steph had a bunch of points um this to me looked like the team i'm saying could maybe win 45 46 47 wins yeah i think you just like you said you saw kind of their path tonight with draymond being super aggressive 
aggressive on the offensive end. Obviously, he's always going to make an impact on defense. Steph and D'Lo, I think they did a really good job picking their, their the parts of the game where they really want to dominate. We saw Steph hitting some of those traditional long bombs, you know, in the clock, just doing making crazy plays off the dribble. And I think another thing, you saw some of these young guys being confident. Jordan Poole hit a couple shots early on. I think you saw Amari Spellman making some plays. Spellman, out of nowhere. He made, he made some really nice plays. So I think that's the key for this Warriors team going forward is getting yeah. some of those young guys to step up and make plays because as much as we talked about the Warriors throughout the years with Steph, KD, Clay, Draymond, of course those are the big guys. But I think over the years you can always point to the to contributions of guys like Andre Godala, Sean Livingston, Looney. I mean, so many of the guys throughout the years, I think that's what brought them over the top, turned them into the, the strength in numbers yeah. team. And I think that's what's going to really – it's going to take for them to get this thing back on track. Yeah, they got 24 from a two-way guy today. Yeah. Damian Lee gave him 24, and he's probably the – you know, I – probably would label him the most important two-way guy in the league in a sense of they, they, they're they so thin on the wing. You know, they're only two real true small fours are Glenn Robinson and Alec Burks. Um, and they, Damian Lee would be their 15th man if they weren't hard-capped and weren't even able to sign a 15th man. So, you know, that's a little misleading calling him that. But, you know, to get 24 from him, that's huge. I could see him, like, continually getting minutes, especially now. I should mention Jacob Evans went out in the first uh, half, had a little adductor strain. I, I talked to him post game. He was limping pretty good. I'm, he'll probably miss some time. That's another rotation guy going to miss time. Um, but you mentioned Spellman. He was terrible in the opener, not good in the preseason. He was high energy a little bit in Oklahoma City, but he just, you know, he got blocked at the rim by Danilo Gallinari. He just looked a little too short out there. Tonight, flying, put back, yeah, uh, diving on the floor. Like, you know, I, I was shocked by him, and I know, like, you've probably followed him a little bit. Do you think he can be a player? Yeah, I think so. I think especially with this Warriors team, where the way they use their big guys, they like to have them out on the perimeter. They they, they allow them to roll down the middle of the court, and you have so much space when you got Steph and D'Lo out there. So it's just a matter of him, just like you said, being active and being at the rim. I think that's the, the key to his success. Uh, but I think, you know, overall, I, I really like that look with Draymond at the center. I don't know how much they're going to be able to do that for 82 games. It's tougher, man, when you get to the yeah, man, especially with bigger time, team. When he yeah, comes when he back, comes back, that's going to help a lot for sure. And I think that's what you saw tonight was those guys rolling down the middle and making plays. I think it opened up shots for Steph and D'Lo on the outside. And I think those guys just look so comfortable together. Steph and D'Lo, they had to play where Steph hits them behind the back. D'Lo pump fakes, that hits them fadeaway yeah, three. Really uh, I mean, they had several plays tonight where they just looked really good together and they knew how to get each other involved. Uh, so I think, man, that's going to be a fun tandem to watch. It's just a matter, like you said, man, this, this team's got to stay healthy. Uh, they don't have that many guys and losing guys, more guys, certainly is going to help so they got to stay healthy and they got to keep you know Steph and Draymond playing at a high level yeah I thought D'Angelo Russell's best moment or stretch as a warrior through three games uh was that third quarter Steph gets the foul the his fourth foul about the six minute mark leaves they're protecting a 19 point lead so you still have a cushion but Curry out for the final six minutes like that could get dangerous really quick Mm -hmm. and D'Angelo Russell like you know he scored well he kind of they they were really initiating the ball through him and, and I believe it was a 24 point lead at the end of the third so he kept him afloat exactly how he needed to. I want to talk to you a little bit about the Pelicans team you cover. Um, you know, we, er, preseason, we were all kind of starting to look at that meat of the West. You know, who could maybe slip into the playoffs? What would that 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 range look like in the West? And I, the Pelicans were getting some buzz as a potential playoff team. Um, and, you know, that would maybe be one of the teams that could knock the Warriors out. 
terrible start obviously with 0 and 4 now um with their mo- what's so uh, what's exactly wrong with Drew Holiday? Yeah, he, he ended up just kind of landed on it kind of uh weirdly in, a, in that game against Dallas. There's it says they call it a knee sprain, but it's kind of a day-to-day thing. Yeah. So I'm thinking he'll probably be back on Thursday. Uh at least that's what I was told before a game. Somebody told me he was extremely probable for Thursday uh, against Denver, so I'm thinking he'll be back soon. Derek Favors it's just been kind of a very weird situation. They they kind of held him out for most of the preseason. They said he was dealing with a hamstring that wasn't much of an issue, and then tonight they uh, they classified him out with right knee soreness, which is something we haven't heard before. But I think anybody that's watched this Pelicans team has just seen Derek Favors. He just hasn't moved that well. Yeah. He hasn't been the guy we saw in Utah that was protecting the rim, uh, a great finisher around the rim and pick and roll situations. And I think that's the guy they need in this offense, especially with Zion. I'll just need a presence in the paint, a guy at the rim that can make plays. And without him there, it's just been a struggle. And I think they're depending a lot on these perimeter guys like Brandon Ingram, like Lonzo Ball, like Josh Hart, where if these guys get rolling, they can make shots. But if you're depending on them to, to take a bunch of jump shots every single night, it's going to be tough. And I think one of the biggest concerns for this team is the fact that they've got practically nothing from J.J. Redick. And I think that was one of their biggest additions this offseason, bringing in a vet guy like him, uh, one of the elite shooters in the history of this game. And I know that's kind of blasphemous when we're talking to the Warriors podcast. No, it's correct, though. (laughs) But he's one of the top shooters we've seen in this league. And, I mean, tonight, what did he end up? Like, one of ten from the field, one of nine. Looks beat up, doesn't he? Like, physically, a couple times tonight. It's just a struggle for him to get shots. I don't think they're they're doing a great job of screening for him. I think that's what they did. An excellent job in Philly with all of those dribble handoffs. How old is he uh, I want to say 36 now. Yeah, he's getting up there. He's getting up there. And I think uh, – but, but I, I want to say, I mean, he had his best scoring season of his career last year yeah. in, in Philly. He needs Zion. You know, like a lot of these guys I assume kind of just need just like the, yeah. the blast open of space that like you get when – I know Zion's not a floor spacer, you know, out to the three, but just the when he is just, you know, linebackering around, right. like teams will just kind of freak out and then suddenly J.J. Reddick's open. Yeah, and I think his presence as a screener, as weird, yeah. weird as it sounds, is a uh, affected this offense when you take a guy like Zion out the lineup and replace him with Brandon Ingram. I mean, I don't think Ingram is screening anybody. Screening like KD's screen. (laughs) Exactly. He's not screening anybody. And then you take Derek Favors out of the lineup, another good screener. And I mean, you're replacing with your little Okafor, but he's not a guy like Derek Favors. Been in this league a long time. Knows how to get guys open. I I think uh, it's been a fight for JJ to get open shots in this offense. And I think as long as he's not involved, uh, they're depending a lot on guys like Lonzo Ball, like Brandon Ingram, who traditionally haven't been good three-point shooters. Now, this year, Brandon Ingram looks like he's made some big strides in that area of his game, knocking down some more spot-up shots. But I think this offense isn't going to be what it needs to be without J.J. Redick coming off of those screens, being a presence that can force double teams on the perimeter and get those guys some easy looks in the paint. But if he's going one of nine, I mean, we're going to see a lot of games like this this season. Warriors are back here in a few weeks. Uh, No Zion that night. Then they play again, really for the first time in San Francisco, December 20th, I believe it is. Do you think Zion plays that night? I think they're going to be very cautious with Zion. I think the six to eight week timeline, I would probably lean on the eight weeks, which will probably push us closer to Christmas around that date you said, yeah. December 20th. Maybe he debuts in the Chase Center. Maybe he debuts in the Chase oh, Center. they probably want to debut him here, don't uh, they? Even though uh, Chase Center debuts haven't gone that well as of late, so <laughs> I don't know. No. So, <laughs> so uh, maybe, I don't know when they, if they want to, if they really care about bringing him back in the home game or a road game. I think uh, ideally they would probably want to get him back before that 
that long road trip the Pelicans go on uh, during that Christmas break where they ended Christmas Day in Denver. I think ideally they want to get him back before then. But ultimately they have to be, you know, protective of this guy. They got to make sure he's healthy, make sure his body's 100% right because we know all eyes are going to be on him and it, it, what's going on with his knee going forward. And we've seen in the past guys like Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons set out, you know, a long time to make sure they're right before they come back. And I don't I don't think anybody's expecting Zion to set out their entire season or anything like that. But I think they're going to be extremely cautious with him, and they're going to make sure he's 100% healthy before he gets back on the court. Yeah, and I mean, especially with how they've looked so far, 0-4, to me, I mean, you don't want to already start playing like the, the long game, the next season type game. And I know there was probably like a little bit of expectations buzz around here that playoffs were possible. Um, but I would say this start probably makes them even want to be even more cautious yeah. with Zion. Yeah, for sure. I agree. And I think ultimately, you know, the results of this season, I think they would say it really doesn't matter because they, they want to just develop the young guys. Of course, put them in the playoffs. That'll be a great way to put your young guys in a position where they can develop quicker. But I think the, the, the main goal for this team is to make sure Zion's healthy, make sure Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Jackson Hayes, Lonzo, all of these young guys is going to be the future of this franchise. Make sure they're right going into the future and I think uh, Zion and just the concerns about that knee and his weight I think that's something that's on the forefront of their minds even though they, they don't want to admit it I think it's something that they're going to be very cautious of and I think I wouldn't be surprised if we see him probably lose a few pounds before he comes back just to just to make sure he gets some pressure off of that knee mm-hmm. uh, but I think man just the way things are going right now and the West being the way it is I don't think anybody can, can say we got to get Zion back for a playoff push I think they just need to get their first win on the board and then we'll have those type of discussions true um, uh, Warriors go home for four, and so they're going home one and two with a little bit better vibes than uh, you know they started this road trip off with. They play the Suns, the surprisingly decent Suns yeah, so far, uh, then Spurs, Hornets, Blazers. Those are four winnable games for the Warriors. I mean, a, a few tougher than the other. You know, obviously Spurs and uh, Blazers you would view as tougher. But I think if they can come out of that home stand, where so they're one and two now. I don't know, four and three. Um, you know, I, I think that's treading enough water. You got Willie Cauley. Stein back. Um, it'll get a bit more interesting. But yeah, they better not go have another dud against the Suns and Chase Center. <laughs> Man, uh, where, where are the Pelicans going from here? Uh, they, they got Halloween night against Denver. Uh, another tough one. Uh, this team's desperate for a win. Obviously a really good Denver team. And I think we're going to see this over and over again with this squad. The NBA uh, kind of front-loaded this schedule. Gave them a whole bunch of national TV games. Hoping Zion will be you know, one of the biggest stars in the league. And now Zion won't be playing in any of these games, but these great squads are still coming to town. You know, the Warriors are still here. The Nuggets are coming. And they, the Clippers are going to be coming soon. Obviously, they got that big Lakers game the day before Thanksgiving. So this team has got a really tough schedule, you know, up until probably Christmas. And they're going to see a lot of good teams, uh, some really tough road trips. And this and this young group is going to get tested. Uh, their mental uh, fortitude, their, their physical toughness, I think all of it is going to be tested. We're going to find out a lot about this group before Zion comes back, and I think they're going to take some lumps, but I think we saw some positive things tonight with some of these young guys like Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who's just been bad. I mean, let's just say he's been really bad through the first few games. He had some really positive moments. Jackson Hayes, another rookie, got his first action tonight, scored 19 points, so I think that's a positive sign. They want to see these young guys grow, uh, but man, they got to just start playing better basketball, and, and, and the first few games, it, was, it wasn't this bad. Obviously, they took losses, but this is a big step backwards, and you don't want to see that with a young group. 
Yeah, you know, I do think they have a bright future. I do think it'll be fun to cover this team moving forward. But, yeah, this is a dud of a start. Even worse than the Warriors start. Um, so, all right, Will, I really appreciate you coming on. And I'm going to kick it to Draymond Green, who, like I said, once again was pretty interesting in his postgame talk. As usual. <laughs> Draymond, you guys have been talking so much about ramping up the defensive intensity. Why do you think it was so much better tonight than where it's been the last couple of games? Joe Boylan. <laughs> um, I think uh, it starts at the point of attack. You know, uh, on the ball in our pick and roll defense, uh, if we can handle. You know, we've. I think over the years, we've been good at handling the pick and roll with two guys. Um, you know, the first couple of games we've been handling it with three or four guys, and, and still not handling. It, you know, so. I think we were just better at the point of attacking, and most importantly, I think we competed at a higher level tonight. You know, the first couple games, we we didn't compete, and you know, we saw what the results of that was. Um, we have to compete at this level every night if we want to give ourselves a chance to win. First play of the game, uh, you know, you, you kind of burst on that, like, fake dribble handoff to the rim. How designed was that, and did you feel like that was, like, right away kind of more, hey, we're here tonight? Uh, I mean... You know, it's I, it's an option play. I can either pitch it back to Steph. I can fake it and go to the hole. I can fake it and go DHO with D'Angelo uh, out the corner. I was going regardless. It was just about trying to set a tempo. I don't think, you know, the first two games I didn't set a good tempo. You know, uh, we got a lot of young guys. Like, you know, they you got to give them, lead them away and that can go either way I think the first couple of games I led them the wrong way and you know, I gotta be better and tonight I was better what did Spellman give you guys coming off the bench tonight with some a lot of energy uh, he made a lot of hustle plays came up with some big rebounds some big finishes uh, you know a couple of those finishes when they was making a run and he was breaking the run with a couple tough finishes but you know uh, He's in his second year in the league. You know, that's the energy we expect him to bring off the bench every night. And, you know, tonight was a good starting point for that. Ray, Ray mentioned to us that Warriors never lose when you have a triple-double, or never have. Um, you think there's something to that, or is it just coincidental? Uh, I mean, I think when we're clicking, usually clicking on all cylinders when I, you know, when I get triple-doubles. Um, I'm not going to try to get a triple-double every game. You know, if it happens, it happens tonight. It just happened. Uh, but, you know, I just got to continue to play solid basketball, um, continue to be aggressive, and, you know, continue to try to lead these young guys. You said uh, last night that your team sucked. What do you think of – what's your assessment of them right now? Uh, we're still not a very good team. Uh, we have a lot of room for improvement. Just because we won one game doesn't mean we don't suck right now. We still have a lot of improvement to do. Um, you know, when I said we suck last night, I see a lot of people blew it out of proportion. A lot of former players who ain't never left blew it out of proportion. Um, we suck. And we're still not very good. But, you know, I've actually known how to lead my entire life. So, you know, those that have never led shouldn't probably talk about leading. Um, but, you know, we just got to continue to get better, and we got to continue to compete at a high level. First two nights we didn't do that. Tonight we did, and, but we still have a lot of room for improvement. You know, some people look at that as a negative. Uh, depends on how you want to look at it. It's a negative or a positive. Uh, but you know, I know this team 
got a lot of improving to do, and we plan on doing that. But right now, we're not a very good team. That's just the fact of the matter. We probably got seven guys under three years of experience. You know, so getting those guys' experience under their belt, and you know, as leaders of this team, we continue to try to bring it every night and get them something to follow, and you know, we'll we'll win some games. Yeah, for sure, but it's a lot easier to play at that pace when you get stops. It's harder to play at that pace when you're taking the ball out the rim every time. Tonight we got stops. I think through the third quarter they may have had 79 points or something. So, you know, when you get stops, we can get it to that pace. And so once again, it all starts on the defensive end. And, you know, if we can lock down on that side, um, you know, it, it'll get us to the pace that we like to play at. There's been some kind of opinions out there that maybe you guys, with you know your current personnel, should maybe change up the offense and do more, you know, just repetitive high screens for Steph and D'Angelo. You guys have kind of more, you know, kept who you are with the more motion offense. What do you think about you know that balance and that? Uh, I mean, I think you know with our personnel, there has to be some adjustments. You know, you just and I think there were some adjustments made tonight. You know, but in saying that, you don't just change who you are. We've been pretty successful. Um, running offense we've ran, you don't just completely change up who you are. You have to adjust to different personnel, and I think we did a better job of that tonight, but we're not going to change who we are. We saw the news uh, before the game about Michigan State retiring their jersey. What does that mean to you, given you know, how much you love the program? Uh, it means a lot to me. Um, you know, Michigan State was a – like to attend Michigan State and play basketball, it was a childhood dream of mine. And, you know, to not only live out that dream, but actually leave an imprint, you know, to where my jersey will hang with guys that I grew up watching and admiring and saying, oh, man, I want to play at that program because of the team, please. You know, the Flintstones, because of Jason Richardson. You know, to actually have my jersey hanging up with, you know, the all-time greats. Um, special you know that's something that you know I go back every time I go back I look at those jerseys hanging up there so you know to know that mine will be out there uh, soon is you know it's a dream come true. Each one more respect. <laughs> when you talk about the Spartans in Michigan they raised you in addition to your parents of course they raised you but now you're being recognized as one of the sons. Absolutely uh, you know I became a man at that school um, you know and Learned so much, made so many great relationships. Obviously, my relationship with Coach Izzo is one of my closest relationships in my life. You know, like one of the people I'm closest to in my life. And, uh, like I said, just to be able to have my jersey retired there, I love that place. And just to leave an imprint like that is special. You talk to Coach Izzo today? I mean, I talk about the moment that's coming? No, we've been talking about it for, um, I've known this for like six, maybe longer than six weeks now. But uh, we were just planning it and trying to figure out the right date and then when to announce it. So I'm pretty good at keeping it a secret. But, you know, uh, we've been planning for quite a while. I talked to him a couple days ago and he was just telling me it would go out today. And so it's pretty exciting.